welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. Bobby. Alex. How, how are you? I'm good. It's been a while. It's been like a month. I don't even, yeah, it's, had, it's been a long time, it feels like. It now to our listeners, it's only been two weeks. But to us, it's been like real time. And even the last two weeks, let's be honest, because of all the snow and the ice and the really, really cold temperatures, that's felt like a year in and of itself. Oh my gosh, that was insane. That was insane. I got to be cuddled at my house with okay. my two-year-old, so that, that yeah. was a good time. And, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I'm not a big winter person. Yeah, not either. I'm still kind of like, did I talk to you about my routines and how screwed up they got during COVID? Can I say screwed up on this podcast? Is that an acceptable thing to say? Mm-hmm. Good, because now I've said it twice. Um, but, but like with, the, have I talked about my routines and how messed up they got? No, let's go No, okay. It. So, so I, um, when, you know, we were in lockdown and everything, I, you know, I started waking up a little later than I normally do. And I've never been like a 4am person, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a 6am kind of a person. And I, I, I've tried to wake up earlier than that it just doesn't happen. Well, during lockdown, I kind of turned into a 7am a person. And then when we started going back to work and everything, I maintained that 7 a.m. situation and I'd like wake up, get my phone and like flip through Twitter and Twit Talk and or TikTok. It's not Twit Talk. <laughs> That's not Twit Talk. I've never heard of Twit Talk before. Twit Talk. We're going to get that trending. Um and then our new showing service, Twit Talk. <laughs> that's the, hey, whoa, now. So, so then, so then we, uh, I, I uh, would get up and I'd help Charlie kind of start getting ready. And then I'd go downstairs and start making coffee, all in my robe, still not ready to go yet. Sarah would take Charlie to school. I'd watch news for 30 minutes. And then I would rush for about the last 15 minutes of my time at, time at home getting ready and trying to make it to work by 9 a.m like the worst routine in the world. And so now I'm very focused on, you know, getting my morning routine back into play. I'm doing about 30 minutes of yoga every morning after I get up. I always have a glass of water. Like my routines and my habits kind of uh, back to functioning order. Uh, And the cold did not help me with that. It was Awful. Like, and I'll be honest, I, I, I had to skip a couple of days because it was just, it was too cold and my bed was so warm and I had to give myself that and allow myself to do it. And I'm, but I'm back on, I'm back on. It's okay to give yourself a couple of days. You know, you, you need to do that sometimes. I always advocate for people doing that. It's, it's when these people get into the routine yeah. said, I have to do this. They, I, you know, some of my running friends, they were going to, I'm going to run at least a mile every single day this year. And that's great in theory, but your body, even though it's only a mile, your body still needs some time off. It needs, it rejuvenates. Your body becomes totally. stronger when you give it time to do whatever. I'm doing this month, I'm doing a core workout thing, um, one of the Peloton's instructors, and it's a daily ab workout. And most days it's a 10 minute work. Yeah. One day a week, that's a 20 minute. And one day that's a 15 minute. And but I can do it for a month, but then I'll take maybe a couple of days off. But I, I love doing it. I love the routine. And there's a thing that tells me this today, we're going to do this workout. And I like that structure. That's I like nice. that routine of someone telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, I too, you know, got into the whole like, you know, sleeping in. I, I don't know if you guys can hear the alarm going off in the background. My 
husband's teaching my mother-in-law how to use Alexa as a kitchen timer. So oh, wow. Yeah, that's what's going on in the other room, even though they knew I was recording a podcast. Um, anyways. Welcome to 2016, mother-in-law. Well, so she wants, she wants one of those analog kitchen timers, the one you turn, but that has a battery in it so that it has a longer timer. I was like, I didn't even know this kind. She doesn't want digital. She wants the turny kind, but that has a, it's very specific. And so we were looking on Amazon and finally Ryan goes, your Alexa could just do it for you. So it's happening in the other room of my house right now. Um, wow. But I will say the one thing that's kept me consistent the last two months with getting up is the puppy. The, oh, the puppy. Have you the, talked about your puppy friend? I feel like we've talked about the puppy on the podcast. Yeah, we've, we've so talked about the puppy cute. on the podcast, but I still get up at 3 a.m. most days with him now. I've, I've started now that we're the puppy sleeping in a kennel. We're no longer sleeping in the basement on a mattress. I no longer have the 10 to 3 a.m. shift and Ryan the 3 to 7 a.m. shift. Now it's he sleeps in a kennel upstairs. We sleep in our bed again. Um, most days I get up at 3 a.m., but every once in a while I'll go, it's your turn. You go out with him at 3 a.m. But then he gets up for the day at 6.30. So for the most part, we're getting up by 6.30. But now once it gets nicer, I'm going to want to go out running at 5.30. And I'm going to be like, how do I sneak out of the house and not wake the puppy and make everybody else have to be up? That's like my legit concern is like I'm more guilted about waking up a dog than getting in my exercise routine. <laughs> Look, I hate I, I will it. never do a puppy again. This is ruined. I've never had a puppy before. Maybe when I was a child, I did. I will never do a less than one-year-old ever again. <laughs> Well, Maybe that's okay. like children too. I I've know. got one of the, I've, I just, I've got it. I'm so, we're so lucky with the dog we have. Um, and he's never had an accident in uh, like anywhere inside other than mm -hmm. when he was a puppy and we were in an apartment. Um, yep. And that, that was it. But since we've lived in houses, he's mm -hmm. never had any kind of an accident inside. Today. Oh, accidents this, aren't our problem. No accidents. We're, he wants to tear everything up too. Is that oh. the deal? He's just so high energy and oh, he yeah, also, yeah. he's a big chicken. He, so he turned 17 weeks yesterday. He's 42 pounds. So he's huge. Whoa. He's scared of everything. That's a huge puppy. He's, he's, he doesn't look puppy anymore. Like he's grown right on out of puppy. He's just tall what? and skinny and, but he's scared of everything and he has to be right beside you at all times and just, Aww. and so it's, He's, well, he's, I don't know what happened with mine today because I sent him outside and he came back in and I don't know if there was something still stuck to his butt, but it fell to the ground and there was poop on our floor and I stepped in it in my sock. Um, it was really gross. Um, and that's something that's that has like never occurred. Um, he's, he's always, so that like blew my mind that I stepped in poop this morning as I was, uh, you know, wrangling my two-year-old and trying to get out the door and maintain my, my new routine. So it was a, that was a trip. All right. So we probably ought to get back on track. We've caught up. We've talked about things. Enough chit chat. Left Let's get chit -chat. down to business. We need our listeners to not forget that we are still donating $1 to Habitat KC. $1 for every new rating we receive on our Apple podcast. So don't forget to tap that star rating. Tap it. Tap it good. One dollar. That means we need a lot of people to to rate the yes. show. I mean, yeah. it, tell your friends. Yeah. Tell them. You, they don't even it have to listen. Just no. get on there and tap that star. Rate the show. Rate the yeah. show. We'd prefer but, you give us five stars. Like, don't give us just one just because we're because it's a one dollar thing. But give us all five. I love it. I'm bringing Elena in. Everybody knows Elena. 
She has a title called MLS Compliance Manager, but I think everybody else prefers to call her the Fine Queen. And she's going to talk to she's us. She's the best um, person. Oh my gosh, so I love nice. her. That's the thing is if people actually knew her, they would feel bad for all the horrible things they cuss about her under the breast <laughs> or to her face. I've, I've been in her office where someone was going off on her and it was like, she was 100% correct, but they were really, really mad over their $5 fine. People and, don't uh, get it. They don't get yeah. it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about common mistakes that people make on their listings and how not to make those mistakes so that Elena doesn't send you a nasty gram. I love it. I mean, really? Useful information. Yep. And guess what else we got today? Oh, what? Oh, a book bit? Shocking. I know, right? Wow. What? Wow. Are, now I have to ask you, Bobby, are you part of like a book club or anything? Um, no. No. We, we, I'm, I like, we're like in a book club type of a thing right now. You are? And we're reading like a couple of things, like chapter, like a couple chapters um, okay. here and there, like every week. And it's, it's kind of fun. I, it's a hoot. I'm not opposed to book clubs. I just really never, I kind of do my, cause I'm usually reading about three different books at a time. Like I have one book on my Kindle that I like to read, like as I'm going to bed. And then yeah. I have like usually a fiction book right now. I'm reading um, a Robert Galbraith, which is a pen name for JK Rowling. Um, I'm reading one of her books and it's 927 pages. And I didn't realize that at the time that I picked it up. And uh-huh. It was big. And it was that big. And you then know I usually the have worst? like a nonfiction going, huh? When, you know what, what I, so I, you know, I like audiobooks. Like I'm good with audiobooks. I can't do them. I, I'm to the point where I don't know that I can either because um, I, I lose focus too much and yes. I have to go back and try to re-listen. It's getting harder. So I've actually, I've gone back to like real books, mm-hmm. but I think when I started having a hard time, it so many, you, you, you can't do a 900 page audio book. No. You certainly can't do like an 1100 page audio book. It takes too long yeah. and you like lose your spot. And, you know, I'm just, I just can't do it. I've got to read the physical book again. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, I feel, is that, am I old? Well, I mean, I'm old and I, I agree with you. So I don't really, I can't really like roll that off. Not. My well, that's phone, why I'm asking. I get, I feel like we're, we're finding more common ground than we ever have before. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's, older. if it's, if I'm You're just, aging, I'm aging. Um, my problem is I get lost in my thoughts. And I'm used to doing that. Like when I go running and I'm listening to music, I get lost in my thoughts and the music is just in the background. And so I mm. think for me, what audiobooks just get lost in the background. I'll be listening to something in the audiobook. It'll make me think of something else. And then like five minutes have passed. I'm like, I literally yeah. have no idea what was said. Totally. And, and where did I, and I have no idea where I lost nope. focus. Nope. I'll like keep it in like the 15 seconds back, 15 seconds back. And I'm like, yep. oh wow, it's been it's been a while since I was paying attention. And then I, re- it just, and I actually just this last month, whenever I went through my entire ordeal, turning off Sirius to my car, which was a, oh, yeah, I and a half that. hour ordeal of me just saying over and over again, cancel, cancel, cancel. And they kept trying there to There goes me. another sponsor. Oh, sorry, sorry, Amber. We didn't need Sirius anyways. Um, but I also canceled my Audible because I had 11 credits just sitting out there. I did the and same. I have like 72 books. I've been paying monthly. I've been paying $14.99 a month for about five years. Yep. And I've listened to maybe three audibles during that time because I just, I just don't focus. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I, I've definitely hit that point. I've definitely yeah. hit that point. I think that, uh, I think the, the other thing about it is that the books that I have listened to on audible, mm-hmm. 
some of them you've brought up as book bits and like, mm -hmm. I remember the book uh -huh. and I remember key parts of the book. And I remember the things that I took away, but you know how, like a lot of the books that we talk about on, on this show and in uh, kind of the leadership and self-improvement category, um, you know, that they're mo a lot of it is anecdotal. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are action items, but then there are anecdotes to support the action items. Um, and what I usually remember are the action items, but I forget the anecdotes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those anecdotes are, you know, sure, you can boil a lot of these books down to 20 pages, yep. you know, if you're just going to look at the action items. But for, you know, sometimes those anecdotes are what help, they, that's what drives the point home and they're helpful. And those aren't the things that stick in my mind. So you actually just I'm gave actually... the perfect lead into my book. You Good. really did. This isn't planned, nope, guys. No, not. This it's isn't perfect, planned. Though. All right, so I need my song, though. Do, 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 Bobby's book, bit. Casey. Mm. Mm -hmm, a little extra hailstorm going on today. So my book today is a book that a previous guest brought up um, during the pandemic. Um, it's uh, when we had Brian Green on, and he talked about the book. I'm showing it to you guys because you can see it. The Color of Money. Black Banks and the Racial Wealth Gap. Um, it's by Marissa Baradarian. I probably messed that up really bad. I, I practiced it earlier and then my brain just went, whatever. So I normally do my favorite quote and then I do three points. I cannot boil this book down to three main points. I think every realtor needs to first read The Color of Law and they need to follow it up with The Color of Money. The color of law lays out, like we've talked before, it lays out all the government rules and laws that created the segregation that still exist in this country that we have today. This book just takes it to a completely different level. I don't know if I can see this, if you guys can see. No, you can't see the, see all the yellow in there? I actually read this book with a highlighter. Every single page has at least four or five pages or sections highlighted in this book. I have never dug into a book the way that I dug into this book. And it starts all the way back with the Emancipation Proclamation and everything that has happened since and how blacks have struggled to have money because of whites keeping them down. And I don't know how to put it any other way, but the book starts out on the very first page. The very first highlight that I have is a quote, um, it's an old adage. When Wall Street catches a cold, Harlem gets the flu. Mm. And everything in this book comes from that. You know, it talks about when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863, Blacks owned a half percent total wealth in the U.S. Today, 150 years later, that number is barely budged. They own 1% of the total wealth in the U.S. Mm. I, wow. I, I, that, just that right in of itself is the entire, like, I just got so angry reading this book. Mm. Um, you know, throughout the book, it comes back to um, our government and other entities basically telling blacks to go fend for themselves or to figure it out that they didn't, that they were so far behind to begin with, there was no way to ever catch up to even where we are today. Um, it talks a lot about um, different black owned banks because blacks weren't allowed to use white banks for a very, very long time. When you look at banks, the whole, the way banks make money and the way people make wealth is when the banks are able to do loans. That's where wealth starts creating. That's how banks become secure. Well, for black banks, they could never get enough capital to actually just do loans. It was basically just a place to put your deposits. And so because of that, black banks fail at like a 93% rate 
uh, versus white banks that typically make it. And so because of that, this created a long-standing distrust of banks because you put your money in a deposit, the bank fails, you've lost all your life savings. And then it's happened throughout history over and over again of all these black banks failing and blacks losing all their wealth because that's where they kept their money. Wow. Um, if we look at it today, 60% of the black community is underbanked or unbanked, it means they don't use banks at all compared to 20% of the white community. Um, it was funny, we were watching Shark Tank recently and um, because it's the month of February, it's Black History Month, which wasn't even planned for why my book bits this month, um, but uh, Shark Tank's uh, featuring black entrepreneurs on their show during Shark Tank. We've been watching it every night at seven o'clock, don't ask why, but we're doing it. And it was actually right after I finished this book, there was an entrepreneur on there talking about, it was, it was, um, it was an app. Basically, you can use an app as an ATM. You can go into little mom and pop stores using this app to get cash out of an ATM because in the inner communities, they don't have ATM machines like they do in the white community. Hmm. And he was talking about the black community being unbanked and underbanked. And my husband's like, underbanked? I've never heard that term. And I was like, I just read all about it in this book. Um, and there's a couple of other things that I want to point out with this. And I know we're running behind to get Elena in here. Um, that in 2008, when the financial crisis happened, 93% of all bank closings happened in low income neighborhoods and 53% of black wealth was wiped out during that time. More than 50% of borrowers who were sold subprime loans during that time would have qualified for a prime loan. And then the last few things that the information, and this is today, we're looking in 2000, I think this book was 2016, um, blacks save at an average of 11% of their annual save or their annual um, income. Whites only save 10% of their annual income. So often, so well, blacks just spend their money on this, blacks spend their money on that. And it's, they actually save more of their annual income than whites do. But black families earning $75,000 a year typically live in a poorer neighborhood than a white family earning $40,000 per year. And then finally, the average net wealth of a black family is typically $11,000 compared to $142,000 for a white family. And in the last 30 years, the uh, racial wealth gap is widening. We are not moving the needle forward. We're not doing anything. I have honestly never read a book that touched me more than this book did. The Color of Law was the first book to touch me in a really, really long time. And this builds on that and takes it to an even deeper level. Um, you know, Color of Law laid out real estate. This takes it to an even deeper level with lending and mortgages and credit. Sure. Um, does I just cannot does recommend on, Does it continue to touch on real estate though as yes. well? Yes. Oh yeah. It's yeah. brought up. So the uh, neighborhoods, wealth gap, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. is, it brings real estate back into this. Um, but it, it even goes through every president that we've had and their policies that they had and how it's continued to like, you know, when we freed the slaves, it basically was just something on a piece of paper, but our policies didn't really free black people at right. all. Right. Um, and it's, it's, everyone needs to read this. So. Thank you, Bobby. I will check it out. And I will After, say that the National Association. But first, I'm going to reread Color of Law because that was one of my audible yep. books. I mean, yeah, fact, I would reread Color of Law. It's amazing. Um, I've got my hard copy of it right here ready to go so that I can awesome. reread it. I let someone borrow mine. I have no idea where it's ended up at. I'm going to need to buy another copy. And you got your highlighter ready to go. I got my highlighter ready like to it. go. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, we should bring on Elena. We should bring on Elena. Let's do it. 
Hey, Bobby. Uh, hey, I know Alex. this is uh, this is going to be a surprise to you, um, but this year's recharge event is going to be virtual. Does that blow your mind? Craziness. Look, here's the deal. We have an incredible lineup of speakers in store. That's right. So mark your calendars for March 25th for a virtual event filled with exceptional speakers giving you bite-sized presentations. We've got Lee Brown, Elizabeth Mendenhall, Mara Neal, and our very own Bobby Howe. Wait, And what? more. Oh, and more. Although, why would we, sorry, why would we need more? I don't know, because that, I mean, that's that's pretty full right there. This is, wow, this is spoiler alert. I found out I was speaking at it. No, just kidding. I already knew I was. So, of course, we will miss being able to get together in person, but going virtual for recharge has its perks. This event is going to be completely free for our members to attend. So, the registration is going to open up in February. We hope to see you at recharge on March 25th. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are here virtually whoop, whoop. with Elena Luker. Hi, Elena. How are you? I am doing well. Good. And for those of you that don't know Elena, Elena you're a good realtor. <laughs> if you don't know Elena, you are a good at realtor. That means you you take care of business. <laughs> and you're you're on top of your uh, listings, and and you don't make you know egregious errors, um, or even small errors. Here's the deal, Elena makes sure that the data within our MLS is as valuable as it can be. She is the gatekeeper of that data. She makes sure that it is correct and that it's it brings the value that the MLS is intended to bring to you as realtors. So we appreciate everything that Elena does. And if you do know her and you get all like fussy about your fines, well, put a can <laughs> in it and understand that she's one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. So, so Elena, Alex, I want to add something to what you said. That Elena's job is to make sure that our data is as accurate and as valuable as it possibly can be. And what I've noticed is that Realtors love to complain about the inaccuracy of the data, yet when they're yeah. called out for their data being inaccurate, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Elena has That's nothing right. else better. You know, Elena has job security by her fines. They think that your salary is the oh, yeah. fines that you go out. Like, you're just like, that's what you're going to do. And that's, you how, that's your, how Kip you, keeps you on. You're paid on commission, yeah. Elena, on, oh, no. on our fines. No, I think it's a straight up, like, she gets 100% of the fines. Like, that's, I think, what they actually think. So, Elena, tell us about your position. Tell us what your job actually entails. And, you know, tell us all about the nasty grams you love to send to people. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I always say jokingly, jokingly that I got to get back to ruining people's lives. Um, unfortunately, sometimes, um, sometimes people feel like that, which I don't take personally. I am the HMS compliance manager. So anytime there's any violation of our rules, um, I'm sending you a lovely email to say, please don't do this. I, we try to do our best to honestly be more on the education side instead of just slapping them with the fine because generally it's a first time agent. Um, they're not really active in the MLS um, as far as they're not really selling a lot. 
So sometimes that $50 can make a big difference to someone mm -hmm. that's not, that's only had one sell within the whole year. Right. So we try to do our best to educate them first. Um, but we do have our little repeat offenders that just don't want to, don't want to comply. <laughs> what? Well, and, and Elena, even, I mean, and I can understand that even if it's just an educational piece, sometimes mm -hmm. people take it so, they take it very personally. Nobody likes to right. be told that they did something incorrect, right. but they've got to understand, and we want our listeners to understand that it is all about the data and maintaining the integrity of what we bring to the public yeah. and, and to our subscribers. And that is what you do. And you know what? Be glad for the education. They should be glad to accept the education instead of a fine. They need yeah. to, you know, when, yeah. when, that's, when that's what's given, they shouldn't be taking it personally. And I know sometimes they do. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Jeez. So, Elena, what are the most common mistakes that you see? What are the most common things that you have to find for or educate for? Yeah, sure. Uh, it seems like right now, which is understandable considering we just had the matrix cutover, is uh, the difference between incoming pre-MLS and incomplete. So incomplete took place of the old work area that you guys had where you would be able to save a listing template. Um, and now back then you didn't, you weren't able to receive an MLS number. It was just saved to your input tab. You can go back to it, you can edit it, you can use it primarily. It was, it was for lot listings or duplexes or something where it was the same data, just changing the address or something like that. Um, we're finding that a lot of people are not understanding what incomplete or incoming means. And so they're entering their listings as that instead of pre-MLS or active and turning around and getting a penalty um, for late entry. So that's a big deal. Um, recently, I think it was a week or two ago, I created a chart um, that has the definitions of each status that is available when you're re or entering a new listing. And so I was hoping that that would kind of weed that out, but RDR, I don't know if Alex knows what that means. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and I, I participate in it. I, I, I am, I'm somebody that, that also does not read sometimes. So. RDR, realtors don't read. It should be a designation that you wear proudly on your name badge. Yes. Part of the deal. <laughs> so that's one of the ones um, that I'm noticing. Um, it was a, it was a little bad before, um, but more so now that we've had the cutover and we had just the different statuses. Um, the other one, surprisingly, is photos. A lot of people, so you are required within 40 hours of entry of a listing to add at least one relevant photo. That's it. it uh, and I get sometimes people are, you know, having updates done in the house or decluttering or cleaning or painting or whatever the case may be, which it doesn't have to be the inside of the house. It could be a flower bush that's in the front yard. It could be, I mean, it's just something as simple to be in compliance. It just has to be one relevant photo. Then when they get their professional photos, they can turn around and upload those um, onto the system. But a lot of times people don't add photos at all. So I, I the yeah. single most important thing in a listing other than price are photos and yeah. i just i see these photos if they have them 
I actually recently had to turn someone in for lack of photos. I was like, yeah. don't we have a rule about this? And I, that's not even normally me because it, but it had been listed like 60 days and there was yeah. like no photos. And, but number one is not having any photos at all. But number two, the photos where they're standing, they're using their phone and they're there in the bathroom with this, but I mean, yeah. that's even compliant. It's fine. But I just don't understand how they don't understand that the photos are the single most important thing that will sell your listing. Right. You're not doing right. your seller service. Sorry, that's my soapbox. I'll get back off of it. Also, I mean, there was a lot of discussion and, and I think yeah. that in, in other parts of the country, there's even a requirement that it is the, a, a picture of the front of the house. Yeah. Um, right. And that is not a requirement with us because we understand that there are circumstances where the front of the house is not necessarily going to be the most marketable part of the property. And Correct. so it doesn't even have to be the front of the house. It could just be a picture of the lot. It could be whatever, whatever you want, whatever is going to sell the property. We're still giving you the latitude to decide what's, what's best for marketing the property, but you got to have a picture. I mean, come Can on. Can I yeah. take a photo of my puppy by the tree? Does that work? Does the puppy come with the house? <laughs> oh, see, that's the deal. I, I have, I have wrote pigs and horses and all kinds of things into contracts before. So sure. The dog can come with the house. Everything's negotiable. It is, <laughs> especially in the country. Um, yes. So, so how can we avoid mistakes? How can honestly we take advantage of the in person or not in person, but just the live customer service we have available? When in doubt, give us a call. We have after hours page system. Um, we know they and understand that you guys are working twenty four seven sometimes, and we're available. Um, at any time, business, non-business, whatever, we are available. I really try to encourage um, agents or MLS subscribers, give us a call. When in doubt, give us a call. It does not hurt to ask. That's our job. We're here to help you. Um, we're here to educate and avoid penalties. So take advantage of that. It's free. Most places you're going to get a robo, you know, like the computer automated thing or whatever. It, that's, it's, it's a live person answering that phone and it's a live person you'll be speaking to. Elena, I've got a question for you. Sure. Kind of in this same vein. Let's say that I put a listing on um, and I make an honest mistake and, and I recognize immediately that I made an honest mistake. What should my first step be? Call us. Call there you me. go. And, and yeah. here's what happens. Here's what happens. People make a mistake and then try to fudge it somehow. And it doesn't work that way, you guys. But if you, if you, make, an, if you make a mistake and it's an honest error and you just didn't, if you didn't know what you were doing or you just clicked the wrong thing, just call. And the response isn't going to be, no. <laughs> they're always going to yell at you. Nobody's going to yell at you. We love you all. We love the subscribers. Isn't that what we teach our children? That if yeah. you make a mistake, come be yeah. honest with me. I'm probably yeah. going to let you off the hook because you were honest and you came to me and admitted your mistakes. Right. You guys are humans. You can override things in the system when someone is honest about, oh, I did, I messed this up. Help me. Yeah. Help me help you. If, yes. you're, if you're covering it up, it's going to make it seem like it was nefarious. Right. And you don't want it to look like you had malintent with our data. We like our data. Yes, we do. You crazy people. Anyway. <laughs> Did I make my point? You made your point. <laughs> okay. All right. So 
why why do we have these strict rules, Elena? It's are they, just good. Are they for revenue? No. Um, despite what people think, I don't get year-end bonuses. Um, I also am one one person said I probably took several cruises throughout the year. I don't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was really surprised by that and mentioned that in my review, but it, it wasn't approved, but I thought, Hey, why not ask? <laughs> you know? But, uh, it's really, honestly, like you said, it, it's in place to kind of keep everyone on the same level playing field or, you know, whatever. So that if, for example, if you don't update your listing to pending or show for backups or anything like that, or even to sold, if you don't do that in a poor buyer's agent takes their client out to go see your property and they show up and you it's under contract. You've wasted their time of driving their, their client out there as well as not making them really look very professional that they didn't know this already. Um, so it's really good to have, you know, an understanding of the business, understanding of our rules to help that professional relationship with, that you have with other agents as well as the data. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We do want the best, most accurate data available, um, which will be helpful you to agents whenever you're running comps, That's right. um, any of the kind of statistical reports, anything like that. We want to have the best data possible. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's, we've got data integrity, we've covered that, but it's yeah. also about maintaining an orderly marketplace. Correct. And Correct. that's, and we all, especially right now when yeah. the market can really be, it can't be anything but somewhat disorderly, yeah. <laughs> bringing some order to that marketplace is pretty critical. Yes. Correct. <laughs> you know, it's so funny to me because whenever you talk to realtors around the country, but especially in our area who are not engaged with the realtor association, that they don't understand the other stuff we do. But their reason for being a realtor is the MLS. Mm -hmm. They understand that the MLS is the backbone of their business and that without an MLS, they most likely can't do their business. And yet then they want to fight with us to make the MLS be the best that it possibly can be. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a hard time wrapping my brain around these very two opposing ideas or the fact that they can't rationally see one leads to mm -hmm. the other. So Elena, what haven't we talked about yet today that we should be talking about? What are, should we be, what should we know from Elena? Other than your cruising. <laughs> I wish, um, no, um, just kind of, well, just honestly, I don't think there's really anything more to know besides, I, I, I want them to understand that we are not here to penalize them. That is not the end goal. I will always try to focus on educating them. Um, I have times where, especially last year, there were a lot of people that either had COVID or had someone in their family had COVID, which limited their abilities to kind of get out of the house to do things. And so we were very understanding to that. A lot of penalties were waived um, for those type of situations because it, it's out of their hands. They weren't able to do anything. Um, we understood that, that but I always want to encourage everyone to give us a call when in doubt, please call us. If you receive information from your broker and then an, an agent friend that's completely different, call us to confirm it. Um, at the end of the day, we are going to be the ones to send you that email. And if I can prevent that, I would prefer that. 
So Elaine, you made me think of something when you just mentioned that, and I know it's already passed for this year, but we need to be honest with ourselves. People may not be listening to this right when it comes out. They might listen to it in a year from now. Right. So once a year, MLS does a fine holiday. Correct. Talk to us about the fine holiday, how that idea came up, what people can change during that time, and sure, tell us about that. Okay. So the fine holiday typically appear or it, it, it occurs in the either first or second week of January. This allows agents to update their listings primarily to sold um, because again, we want that sold data. But during that time, you're, you are allowed to enter in uh, listings late, modify them to a contract status late or modify them to sold late. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't apply to a penalty received in August or um, a penalty after, but we do give you that one week for you to report any listings um, period. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't apply to the clear cooperation policy, nor does it apply to non-compliant data, um, such as adding a photo, or if you put Google Maps in your directions, and we ask you not to, and you did it again, um, <laughs> then it does not apply to those penalties. But anything else, I mean, for late entry, it can go up to $340. So it's actually a good thing to take advantage of that time. And and mostly we see a lot of sold listings, um, but I mean, that's $50 for that penalty. So it's still $50 you're saving during that time. Plus we get the benefit of having that data in our system. Elena, this has been awesome. And I hope that our listeners have gotten to know you just a little bit more and understand where you're coming from and where the MLS is coming from and the immense value that you bring to the marketplace um, and to the MLS as a whole. So um, I want to thank you for everything that you do. And I, uh, I know that sometimes our subscribers um, <laughs> and don't necessarily make it easy on you and you're a trooper. And thank we appreciate you. everything that you do. So, so thank you. And thank you for being with us today. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for being here. And as everybody can hear, you have such a nice, calm voice and it, you're just, you have more patience in your pinky than I do in my entire body. Like <laughs> I could never do the job you do because I get fired about five minutes in for yell. I, that's why I said earlier before you came on is I've been in your office as someone who was screaming and yelling at you and you're just like letting them. Just yeah, get it out. I honestly, I don't take anything personal. Um, there, I have plenty of people that have yelled at me one day and then called me for help the next. And it's fine. It doesn't, I'm good with that. <laughs> they really that have. thick skin. That's right. Yeah, That's right. I really do. Well, we're not okay with people calling and yelling at you, but we're no, okay no. with people calling back and asking for help and apologizing. So Correct. thank you so much, Elena. We hope you have guys. an amazing day. Stay nice and warm and cozy yeah. now that it's starting to warm back up again. Love the right. sun being out. Oh my I gosh. I know, I oh, oh, except that's, oh, hold on. That's deceptive. She's on her cruise. <laughs>